Hello, hello, hello. This is Tamika Peters, president and CEO of Grow Your Nonprofit, where we help startups, small and stagnant nonprofits grow through fundraising strategies, strategic planning, and so much more. Guys, today you're in for a treat. I have my special guest here, Joshua. He is with the Lee County Housing Authority. He will give you insights on how to partner with this agency to make an impact in the community. But before we get started, I'd like to thank the sponsors of my podcast, Hodges University with a campaign in Fort Myers. Stay near, go far. They change lives for the better. Trinity Life Foundation Naples. Helping at-risk youth through their enrichment programs. AVID. That stands for the Associations of Haitians Living Abroad. They open an amazing support center in Fort Myers where they help people with immigration support, utility billing, English as a second language, and so many programs are added on an ongoing basis. Last but not least, Vaxtruce. They received a grant from the CDC to raise awareness of COVID-19 and vaccine resources in the black and brown communities. So like I said, my special guest here, Joshua. How are you doing, Hello. Joshua? I'm good. How are you? Good. Please tell our audience a little bit about yourself meaning where are you from how do you get to Fort Myers and what you do in your current position at the housing authority sure happy to so my name is Joshua McKee I am the director of community supportive services at the housing authority city of Fort Myers so I'm originally from St. Louis Missouri it's where I grew up I was born in Georgia so I like to say I'm kind of from both, um, but I definitely think I found myself in, in St. Louis. It's where I kind of had my you know, adolescence and everything. And I wound up in Florida after I graduated high school. My parents just kind of wanted to change the scenery because huh. a lot was happening in St. Louis. So they decided to move to Jacksonville, Florida. Okay. And I lived there for about a year and then came here in Fort Myers for school. I graduated from Florida Gulf Coast University. Oh really? That is so cool. That is so cool. I really love FGCU because I saw, I've seen it evolve over the years. I've been here for 20 years. I'm originally from Los Angeles. Okay. So I lived in Naples for 15 years and been in Fort Myers for about five years. And I remember when FGCU, you know, they didn't have any sports teams and mm. they just grew. And then several, I would say about two or three months ago, I got a chance to visit their entrepreneurial school. And I was right. so impressed as to the programs they have and just what they're doing in the community. So I'm so happy to learn because I know that's one of their initiatives to keep uh, the the talent here after they're educated right. to get them right into the workforce because it's really a tragedy to have them educated here and then go use that mm -hmm. talent somewhere else. Absolutely. So that's really important. Um, so what exactly, what exactly do you do? What does that mean? Um, you know, director at the housing authority. So that's a good question. It's a loaded question. Uh oh. Um, so I have to, I'm really good at this. It's like an elevator. Of course speech. you are. Of course so, you are. Because <laughs> I get that question often. So part of what I do is I manage grant programs. Okay. So housing authorities across the country actually have robust resident services because HUD releases a lot of grants to help mm. families in yeah. low income housing. Yeah. So some of the grant programs that we have, one of them is called Family Self-Sufficiency. Okay. That's actually how I got my start at the Housing Authority. That was my first position. Mm -hmm. I was a coordinator and essentially in that program we provide resources, case management, mm -hmm. you know, financial literacy to assist families in achieving self-sufficiency. Okay. Whatever that looks like to them. Okay. So I was just about be, to ask, what is that? Yeah. Right. So yeah. that could be home ownership, you uh -huh. know, that could be just having gainful employment. Okay. You know, it's really up to the families to decide kind of what their goals are mm -hmm. and then as a coordinator you just make sure that they have resources and you know kind of remove the barriers to get mm -hmm. there mm -hmm. um, so that's one program that we have another program we have is called jobs plus mm -hmm. so that is a grant that's awarded to housing authorities for a four-year time frame 
And the goal is just to saturate the community with employment and career services. Wow. So we partner with Career Source on that grant. We partner with the School District of Lee County. We partner with um, other business entities and employers to make yeah. sure that we have bridges to gainful employment yeah. for the residents. And those programs actually have rent incentives okay. to where if families increase their income from um, being employed or having their own business, they actually have money set aside for them that they get in completion of the program mm -hmm. or they have that um, income disregarded from their rent calculation. Wow. So even though they're making, say, you know, $3,000 a month, the rent should be $1,000, it may only be paying like 200 Wow. Some zero. So it really helps families kind of achieve and build equity. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's really important. So... Okay, so I'm confused because you say you're the housing authority, but you, the programs you mentioned, they're very empowering, empowering and beyond just housing because you mentioned fi financial literacy and self-sustainability, what that looks like for them and so much more. Did it start off as just housing and then it kind of just grew based upon the express needs of the participants that you serve? Absolutely. So I want to say, so family self-sufficiency and don't quote me on this, but to uh -huh. my understanding, um, part of that program was developed through um, the, I think it's the the bootstrap initiative of 1996 mm -hmm. where they wanted to have opportunities for families to build equity because low-income housing you know started back in the 1930s and it was designed to yeah. help families yeah. kind of utilize a lower rent right. to achieve home ownership right but as we know through redlining discrimination and things like that yeah. it was not a fair playing field right and that's kind of why we see some of the things that we see today right so HUD realized this and started to you know advocate and social workers advocated to have sufficiency programs right to really make it you know that service to have for time period mm -hmm. and then to move forward yeah yeah that you it's funny you mentioned that because I think I don't know if I read something or I saw a documentary or something on YouTube about that very thing that it was affordable housing was originally created for like the middle class people mm -hmm. to get them into uh, home ownership but then it was blocked for uh, other people such as African Americans uh, they were denied that and just how the program ha has um, evolved over the years and it, it's, it's funny that you mentioned affordable housing for me my definition of affordable housing is home ownership right because you know I was I was previously married before and I, after my divorce, I left my house and I was renting. That's when I lived, lived in Naples and part of the reason why I left Naples. Uh, every year my rent would go up so okay. much so I said, well, I could be paying a mortgage. So when I, I was so blessed that I was in a position where I was able to purchase a home on my own, um, I was just looking at what I could afford for my budget, you know, I just got more in Lee County versus Collier County. Right. And that was what, what that was the way I could control my rent, if you will, by purchasing the home. Absolutely. Because who knows what my rent would be now. And, and since I purchased my home in 2016, my rent, our mortgage, if you will, right, stayed the same. Exactly. The so, same. And, and it is. Um, one thing about affordable housing, so there's different programs. You yeah. have public housing, you have Section 8, you have low-income tax credit yeah. housing, all these different programs. But the idea is that it's it's subsidized in a way where your rent payment is 30% of your income, whatever your income is. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. that no matter you know what the rent payment is, yeah. it's still suitable to you and you're able to you know, live, you know, accordingly. Right, right. And and I and I know it, it, everything in life for me, I'm not speaking for yourself, comes down to mindset. You have to want to right. be a homeowner, 
are you going to have to want to go back to school to educate yourself? You, you have to want it because in these times, there's so many resources out there. You have uh, the down payment assistance program. There are even programs where there's no down payment. I know there's a new program that's opened up to everyone, the Hometown Heroes. That's new where they would help you with down payment assistance. So it, you, you kind of, if you want it, you got to go for it. Like right, everything that I want in life, I go for it. It may not happen within the time frame that I want it to happen. But it happens. Right. And I think it's definitely also having access and knowing, right. you know, what, and knowing what are. resources are available. Like we are constantly promoting our programs because a lot of families don't know about the programs that we have. Even, you know, staff, we kind of had to remind them yeah. what the programs actually are yeah. because yeah. it's it's not always advertised. It's not something that's as popular. Why? Why, why, why wouldn't we get marketing ads and blast it on TV? Everyone's on social media. Put it right. on social media because that's where your your target audience it Absolutely. Is. And that's one thing that we're working on. We're working with the marketing company to try to make sure yeah. that, you know, the information is out there yeah. because we don't want it to be like, you know, HUD's best kept secret. Right. We want it to be one of the frontline programs right. that HUD has to offer. Right. Another great audience are the churches because oh, people listen to their preachers. And that's another uh, great place to, to get that information out there. So you mentioned your quasi government nonprofit organization. What does that mean? So essentially it means that we are funded through the government, mm -hmm. but we are a nonprofit. Okay. So the majority of our funds come directly from Housing and Urban Development to okay. Washington, D.C. Okay. So they provide the grants to for us to provide subsidy, for us to have grant programs mm -hmm. like FSS and have employees. FSS, no acronyms. No acronyms. No acronyms. Okay. No acronyms, Family Joshua. self-sufficiency. Thank you, Joshua. <laughs> yes. So we are essentially a nonprofit. We're affiliated with the government, but mm -hmm. we're not government employees, okay. if that makes sense. Okay. So, so we bring on a, non a lot of nonprofits in, on the Grow Your Nonprofit podcast. So you're different because you're quasi government slash uh, nonprofit. Mm -hmm. So do you have donors? Like, what's the difference of, say, I don't want to say typical nonprofit, but I have to say a typical nonprofit and a quasi government nonprofit. So I guess the big difference is, so we we do have donors when it comes to like some of our initiatives, like redevelopment for instance so okay. we have to raise money to provide redevelopment because hud is not going to pay a hundred percent for that right so we do have to get leverage from the community to assist us in redevelopment so you do have like donors such as like businesses and corporations and right. that sort of thing okay. and a lot of it is just leverage so instead of like say we'll say lee health wants to build a facility so okay. we will tell hud that lee health will build this facility worth x amount of dollars uh -huh. and we're able to make that happen um, but the majority of our funding and almost all of it comes from directly from Washington, D.C., from housing hmm. and development. Hmm. So and we have government contracts. Right, right. So that's that's one of the things when I work, because I specialize in, in startup nonprofits and the stagnant nonprofits. And we're starting a program within our company to branch out to medium sized and larger nonprofits for their plan giving program and open endowments so that donors can keep them in their estate plans. So I say that to say that it's important to diversify your funds, especially when you're a startup nonprofit, to think of running your nonprofit like a business and have a social enterprise. So what I mean by that is having a program and our service that you, like a fee for service that you could charge, such as the first thing we can think of is Goodwill. They have their thrift store. That's a social enterprise. Another thing is if you can get a government contract, that's another source of funding that would be really great 
to, for your nonprofit as you continue to build on applying for other grants as well as donors. And then a lot of nonprofits have events. Do you guys have events? We do. We oh, what events, events do you have? So we do all kinds of things. So one, one that we have coming up, we have what's called the Empowerment Series. Okay. So we actually partner with um, Suncoast Credit Union and other agencies to provide an eight-week workshop that focuses on exactly that empowerment. Mm-hmm. So we go over financial literacy, but we also go over like interviewing skills. We mm. go over self, self-care and mental health mm-hmm. um, and really try to saturate and have you know, a really good workshop that will have clients coming out feeling empowered, yeah, being ready yeah. to take on you know whatever's next. Yeah, that's really important because um, I know for me, I was not aware growing up of a lot of the programs um, that were available. So I sort of kind of learned everything the hard way. I was the lucky one. I was the only one, still the only one in my family who has a, a college education. And I remember one time my first job interview, I didn't know that you were supposed to uh, research the company. I didn't know how to dress. So I looked like I was going to a club, but I was really, I was hurt, but I was gracious that the lady who was interviewing me, she set me aside. She said, I'm not going to hire you. And I'm going to tell you why. She said, number one, you know nothing about this job. She said, the way you're dressed, you look like you're going to the club. I had on some spike heels and a short skirt. I thought I was looking, I thought I was, (laughs) but I didn't know. I didn't know I didn't have any examples around me or my neighborhood of people who were professionals. And I, although I was hurt, I'll never forget it for the rest of my life. So I went to the library, yeah, I'm telling my age. Went to the library and researched. Well, I go to the library. You still go to the library? Yeah, I go to the library. Okay, okay. I don't feel Absolutely. so bad. Um, but now you have Google, right? You can you can research yeah. everything on Google. But I went to the library and I looked up like professional attire, and and then I, I got it. I I learned, and then I actually critiqued myself over the years, and and just it just really changed my life. So I'm really gracious for programs like yours that really empower people because that's really important. To see other people um, where you want to be or where you aspire to be, knowing that there's programs and resources that doesn't cost anything that will help you. But again, like I said earlier, it's a mindset shift and you have to want it. If you want it, then you you could uh, definitely achieve that. So before we started recording the podcast, we also mentioned we, all, we talked about partnerships and collaborations. Tell me about the types of organizations that you partner with and other organizations that you welcome to partner with to help fulfill your mission. So we have quite a few and I hope I can, you know. You don't have to name all of them. You don't, it's not a quiz. So one funny enough is the library. So we partner with the library because they have, they have so many resources available, both online and at their locations for people to utilize. For instance, you know, you can, you can take certificate classes Hmm. through the library that are paid at no cost to you. Wow, like such as? Such as you can take a personal finance course. You can take a Microsoft Excel course. You can take a CNA prep course, a GED prep wow. course. You can take a career aptitude test. All of these things to, you know, provide things not only to put on your resume, but figure out what you might be interested yeah, in. Yeah. Because for a lot of clients, they have goals for gainful employment, but it's yeah. like, okay, well, what do you want to do? We want to do more than just get you a job. We want to get you something you enjoy, something that you're excited to do mm-hmm. and provides upward mobility right. to move to that next step. Right, right, right. And and I, I often question that, especially during during a the pandemic and then during the hurricane so let's go back to the pandemic when everything was shut down mm-hmm. and our gig workers and service industry they couldn't work like the waitresses and such and I, I wonder I'm like well how does someone waitress and, and I understand you probably enjoy it 
for 10, 15 years. And then, you know, something like this happens. It's like, how, how do we not think to retool ourselves? Right. And another thing that's that's really going to make an impact is AI, artificial intelligence, as well as robots, because we're already checking ourselves out at the grocery store. So the cashier jobs are going away uh, already with the banking. Press one, all these little different prompts. It's hard to get a human on the phone. Some of the banks don't even have tellers. Mm. So are we are we making our workforce today aware of the technology that are going to take away a significant amount of jobs to retool them to work on these robots and all of these things that are coming forth in the near near future right i think on a large scale level we're not um, but i do think that agencies are doing that as they try to encourage you know post high school certificates so mm -hmm. for instance i know future makers that's like their deal mm -hmm. they're like we want everyone to have a post high school certificate whether it's a two-year program or degree yeah. because yeah. most of those jobs that are going to go away yeah you know they're going to require those things just to get mm -hmm. in the door mm -hmm. um so there are entities doing that but on a large scale level i don't think we are and i think it's going to be very difficult within the next few years are we planning on talking are we talking about this when we're doing these uh, job fairs and these empowerment things are we because I don't know if we're not awake or we're ignoring it and we don't want to face the elephant in the room but I don't know if enough people are talking about it right I would agree I think we definitely do need to push that discussion and we need to promote different fields of work other right than, you know just service and things like that right. we need to really broaden the horizons with mm -hmm. what is out there mm -hmm. okay okay so with that said, if someone wanted to reach Joshua to join your organization, to donate a million dollars to would your be organization, I know you would love that. How would they reach you? If you could please share your name, your telephone number, your email address, and it, it'll appear on the screen. Absolutely. So you can reach me through my email. My email is my first name, Joshua, J-O-S-H-U-A, at H-A-C-F-M for Housing Authority City Fort Myers org. And then also my telephone number, you can call my office. It's 239-332-3825. We are located in the Renaissance Preserve on the corner of Dr. Martin Luther King Boulevard and Michigan Avenue, right okay. by FMTC. Okay, FMTC. Yes, I know the name has changed. I'm not from here, but I always hear different names, uh -huh. but Fort Myers Technical Institute. No, no Thank acronyms. you, see, sorry, I, was, sorry. I thought you would catch on. <laughs> yeah, no acronyms. Sorry, sorry. It's like we, we have to say so much yeah. in such a short period yeah. of time and try to be quick, so. So yeah, All right. that's how you can reach me. Well, thank you so much for coming to the Grow Your Nonprofit podcast and sharing your knowledge and what impact you're making in the community, Joshua. Thank you for having me. Thank you. So guys, you heard it here first. Another amazing quasi nonprofit. We did something a little different today. Quasi nonprofit organization in the community that's making an impact, changing lives for the better. And I hope you reach out to Joshua or visit the website for more information about his program, whether it's for you or someone you know who could utilize the services so that they could empower themselves and um, change their lives. So, Thank you for watching the Grow Your Nonprofit podcast. Make sure you like and subscribe to our YouTube channel and stay tuned for more Grow Your Nonprofit podcast episodes.